Dad, you're bent over there. Are you okay? He's in thought, folks. He tots he's deep in thought. Will you give us a, just a quick hello there? Hello. Hello. Brilliant. Hello. Right, that's just to check levels. Uh, okay. <coughs> if, now, let's say on on the off chance that you get excited, how loud do you think you're going to talk? Uh, let's say I said something really fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. okay, I won't be that funny. Hello. Hello. And you're, well, no, wait, no, I'm talking to them, Dad, not you. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> Hello, and you're very welcome to episode 45 of Higher Fidelity. Uh, my guest today is a very, very special one, known to all government bodies as Peter, known to everyone else as Totsy, <laughs> but known to me as Dad, we have the one and only Peter Michael Mary O'Hanlon here on the podcast. Say hello, Dad. Hello, Dad. Brilliant. I wondered if you do that. I wondered if it start off with the most bog standard, run of the mill fucking dad joke of all time. Okay. So have I passed that test? You d- well, no, unfortunately okay. not. That was oh, something okay. to avoid. Well, I was I was I was to avoid that. I just I didn't know if you'd go for low hanging fruit, but with taking your height into account, I suppose we kinda have to go for the low hanging okay. fruit. Well hey, hey, you're not much taller, so right, we'll get into that in a second. Um do you want to talk us through okay, so Peter on track, Grant, Michael I can get her on board. <laughs> Where did Mary come out of? Was that a John Wayne? Oh, his middle name's Mary as well. Yeah. Or Marion. 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 Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, <clears throat> okay, so it was very basic. Um, being uh, uh, brought up a, a Catholic, um, Mammy just told us all uh, that we were to take on uh, the Virgin Mary's name from our, for our confirmation name. So we did. So everyone else was Virgin and you were Mary. So we did what we were told by our Mammy. <laughs> Fuck's sake, losers! What a novel! What a novel notion, Peter! <laughs> what you're told by your mummy, yeah. So uh, yeah, that's where it came from. Okay, brilliant. Okay, your mum told you. Mum told me. Brilliant. Yeah, and uh, you knew my mum, but you didn't know my mum the way I knew my mum. If my mum said you do it, you do it. Well, she, she didn't get the name of being the scariest mummy on the road for no reason. No. Okay. Well, she knew better than to tackle me. So. Oh hey! Um, oh, you would have come out the loser on that one. I can guarantee <laughs> I you. Come out a loser, regardless, Dad. You're my dad. Oh. Um, <laughs> Okay, so is that the first cheap shot? First. Now, second one coming now. Uh, it's episode 45. How long ago was it you were 45? That many years, yes. <laughs> plus, plus. So uh, just uh, just to be clear, uh, is the entire thing going to be uh, just a general poke at uh, me as a person and all that? Yeah? You haven't listened to other episodes, no. It's just abuse. It's, it's just all, abuse. Just abuse, all right. yeah, so, yeah. But it works both ways. I mean, if you look, if you want to take a shot at the king, you can. But I don't know what's going to happen. Somebody said that I rinsed you in the little uh, Instagram post you put okay, up. Okay, to yep. be fair, but look, okay, don't wound, you. don't wound what you can't kill. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're still here. I thought you were going on your walk. Will you say hello? Hello. <laughs> that's mommy. That's mommy, and that's my wife. Oh, good thing. Good, good job. Of the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not the postman. See, mum. Uh, so yeah, just in case anyone hasn't established or hasn't got the gist of this so far, I'm with here with my dad. In the kitchen. In the kitchen, at home. So yeah, we'll get into that in a second. But first of all, let's not, let's not talk about recent times. Let's talk about, we go way back. That's the room. Myself, yeah. I think now, if, I, if, I, if memory serves me correct, I first met you on the 20th of February, 1996, I think. Well, I met you. 
I met you. I was there. Oh, you were there? Yeah. Now, my memory's a bit hazy. I seen from her there was a lot of screaming and blood everywhere. Uh, <laughs> I had to be, I don't know if you remember, I had to be carried out of the place, Dad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't the first time. Uh, we seemed, I seem to remember you talking about being carried out quite recently, actually, and ending up in MAU. Oh, that, ah, yeah, well, that was a medically induced coma. We've all been there. Um, <laughs> who hasn't? That's just a normal Tuesday. Uh, but now, after I, don't look at my watch. It's for me to look at and oh. figure out what time it is. Sorry. But yeah, so a bit after the 21st of 20th of February 1996, and I think I moved in with you 2 pretty soon after that, uh, here in the Pines, Ramullin, Cavan. Three days. Sorry, I'm lifting my feet here, Mom's sweeping the floor. Mapping. Right. I wouldn't know the difference, Mom. Uh, yeah, so you just got married. So you and, you and Mom. Two years. Two years married, yeah, of course. I mean, well, I wasn't around for that, was I? No. You were married when I met you. Happy then. Yeah. Oh, thanks, ma'am. Because you didn't hear that, but ma'am said we were happy then. Children. So you went on over the course of the next 16 years, you went on, you went on to rare me. Um, how does it feel having me as a son? 16 years? Yeah. We're still raring you. Ah, now, come on now. Well, do we advise you? Ah, yeah. but Do I mean, you ma- use us as a source of reference? A source of Re- resources. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's a pleasure. Really? Yes. What's it like knowing you absolutely fucking nailed it? Oh, uh, I haven't got there yet. <laughs> uh, but we will. Okay, hopefully. I feel work, sure we will. A work in progress. Okay, ma'am sent something snide again, ma'am. Uh, what did he send to me? He said something about over the last 16 years. He's only here, but I am seven. Okay, well, I don't know if the people no. want to know about your scandalous takes on my upbringing, ma'am, but uh, the results are here before you, ma'am, and you have to be complicit in the results. Um... <laughs> We've established now, you're my dad, you read me class, and we all know what a good job you're, you've done and are currently doing. Um, I want to clear a few things up with you, because there's details I've brought up about you to other people that people occasionally doubt the validity of. Right. That's because I yeah, Exactly, I know. And it's because I know you, and know what a, like a harebrained mentor you are, prone Which to... Which is a good thing. Ah, yeah, no, yeah, I mean, okay. it's, it's neither here nor there, it's erratic is what it is at best. <laughs> um <laughs> Prone to flights of fancy that just can take you all over the place. Um, you, when I, again, like I said, when I met you, you were a stained glass artist. Correct. You had to think about that for a second. Your eyes, eyes went up as if you were thinking about it. Yes. People think, people, when I tell people that, they go, what the fuck? He actually made stuff. And I just thought everyone's dad made stuff. Um, which they didn't. But yes, you're a stained glass artist. Am I right in saying you did the windows in Pierce Brosnan's house? Was no. That a detail? no. No, Shane Connaughton's. I did some work for Shane Connaughton. Uh, okay, who was of the Playboys fame. And my left foot. Ah, yeah, of course. Um, the right one, better left unsaid. Um, <laughs> yeah, and you all did the windows in Rammer Theatre and all that as well. Yes. So I didn't know I was growing up with a dad that had a cool job. Um, it wasn't a cool dad, but the job was cool. <laughs> and if you did the stained glass for years, moved into teaching then. You, you had a bit of an erratic path through. So you went from stained glass, you built a theme park in Nevada for two years and shit like that. No, I was in Dallas for a year. Well, I was in Dallas for about six months. Building haunted houses. Theme park. Okay, so th- haunted house, I would say, would come under the umbrella of a theme park. Okay. So, yeah, uh, it, I was working for a theatrical company, and that's what we did. Uh, haunted houses. And they were employed by a radio station, and that's how I got the job. And uh, on Friday afternoons, <clears throat> when I wasn't working in in the uh, at the haunted houses, uh, we would go along to a live, a live broadcast, which uh, Redbeard would do. Okay. from uh, local radio stations, or local uh, venues. Uh, and on one occasion, uh, I was there with uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Yes. Uh, and a band that I had worked with, the Hot House Lowers, HFF, uh, they had played support to a Stevie Ray Vaughan. They support Stevie Ray Vaughan? Yeah, for Fucking a European man. tour. 
Uh, and we got to chat about that, and a month later he died in a helicopter crash. But you nothing to do. Where were you when that happened? I, I was swinging a hammer in Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> I left with a rotary blade and said nothing about it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so again, staying left artist had a nice path through life. Did some weird stuff. Did some theatre crack as well. You worked for the Anglo Celtic newspaper that your dad. You were a nepo baby as well to begin with. Yes. You got a job with your dad's business. Yes. Uh, studied an NCAD again. This is for anyone uh, up in Dublin. Like, uh, we all have a very clear idea of what people who go to DIT and UCD and Trinity are and what N- NCAD pricks are like and fucking, like I said, DIT, NUIG head. We've all got a very clear idea of the, what these kind of people are like and there's a set parameter, a social set parameter that they exist by that is either infuriating or a delight to be around. The fact that you were bombing around as one of them in the early 80s has gassed me. Well, I was bombing around of one of the ones that was not accepted into NCAD. Oh, as in... I was in NCAD, but I didn't fit in, along with, there was probably half a dozen other of us in that particular era that did not fit into NCAD in any shape or form. I ended up on the board of management of, it, of NCAD because I was... You didn't fit in so well. Because <laughs> I was something of a, a radical and stirred some fairly serious shit there. Myself and a, and a mate of mine called Damon Walsh. Oh, nice. Uh, and we, uh, we basically closed the college for 11 days during a the strike then. No, actually... Yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's sick of us. Let's just shut the place down for a day yeah. for a week. Brilliant. Jumping forward a while uh, to where suddenly now I've started playing music, uh, much to your delight and ma'am's chagrin. Am I right, ma'am? <laughs> okay, she just threw her head back like she normally does when I talk to her. You ended up having to be the co-signer for my record deal because I was a minor. Yes. Do you remember the day we were in the, what's the, the Clarence Hotel? Yes. Us, all, all of the stripes, all of our parents, a whole host of lawyers, Heads of Mercury record, probably about twenty people in the room. Yeah, well, there was certainly yeah, there was. Well, it does. Yeah, yeah got too too many people. Then we go right. We'll sign the deal. We'll do the deal. Let's let's bloody well do it. And everyone said, "Has anyone got a pen?" Everyone pat in the pocket. No one had it. Not a sinner had a pen in the room. First time I've ever met a a lawyer, solicitor, person who didn't have a pen. Yeah. Which didn't impress me, I have to say. Well, it didn't impress me what they did after we signed the deal. <laughs> no. Um, but so I run down the stairs. And who do I find but my cousin, your nephew, Robert Marshall. Correct. I have you got a pen? And he goes, I do. What do you want it for? I'm signing a record deal. And fucking, he looked very confused. Um, <laughs> but we still have the pen. We still have the pen. Yeah, that's okay. So that's me, myself and yourself. We're having a rummage uh, through stuff here. The archives here a while back uh, for undisclosed reasons. Um, and you pulled out a little <laughs> Ziploc bag that had the pen in it. And I was like, who'd you fucking kill with this? And that's why it's in a Ziploc. And you're like, that was the pen we signed the record deal with. And I think the, is, yeah. there's a note in there to say that that's what it is. Yeah, because I think we, I think I got you to write a piece of paper over saying we just signed a record deal mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, gas stuff. Now, as a result of that record deal, I was given a record advance, as is normally the way. And this is another thing that people don't really believe when I tell them that it's happened. I, I'm, I'm right in saying that I bought you a motorbike. Yes. Now, I remember this really well because I thought I'm being a great son here. Because Dad always wanted to be a biker, didn't have the fucking pips to do it. I said, right, you know what? So the money came in and I got up my laptop uh, and I typed in a, a motorbike website. And Harley, I ca- Davidson. Harley Davidson. And I came in to you and I said, Dad, buy a bike there. Thinking I'm being a, a big dick swinging Harry bio here. Thinking you'd go, ah, no, son, I couldn't do that. Ah, no, no, no. Ah, son, no, no, no. Oh, just no, that's your money. You earned that fair and square. No, no, no. You went, fucking class. Yeah, grand, deadly bang. And it was a bike bought probably within the hour. No. As far as I remember. Not quite the hour. That's, no, mom's not at me. Mom was there. Okay. First of all, it was coming up to Father's Day. And I was stuck for a present. And you were, stu- <laughs> you were stuck for a present. I came home from work. And you were at home at the time. And you had your laptop out. And you were sitting in your throne... 
in the sitting room. The fucking chair that yeah. I sit in. Because you and Mama bogarted the nice chair My and the couch. dad's chair. Okay, well, he wasn't using it. Uh, and you said to me, Dad, come here, have a look at this. And what you had open was a website with Harley Davidson's. And you said, choose one. I so was that literally what I just fucking said? And the details weren't exactly the same. You said you came to me. No, I you at, beckoned to me to come into you on the room. Okay, right. Now we're getting Did into serious fucking semantics. semantics Bye, yeah, mum. You're picking semantics. a good time. Can I come with you for the walk, actually, mum? <laughs> and I'll just chat away to myself here. <laughs> uh, and um, I didn't actually think you were serious. Okay. And then I said, anyhow, I, w- I wouldn't buy a Harley. Not in Ireland. Uh, and then you said, well, but I want to buy a bike. Okay. And that's how it came about. And okay, I said, well, okay. Actually, came out pretty well at the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah brilliant. <laughs> and I remember then going to see. We went over. There was some occasion where I had. I, had to be, I happened to be at Far at Ross's house, and his uncle was there, uh, Tommy, who is is Brian's sister, Colette. Yes. Yeah, her husband Tommy. When we were over, having to be at Ross's house, and Tommy was there, and he said, "Are you the lad who bought this dad the, the motorbike?" And I was like, "I am, yeah, yeah." And he was like, "We were all looking sideways at Ross when that news broke through, being like, oh, <laughs> oh, there's Morna." <laughs> We're doing the podcast. Hold on a second now. I'm just got the camera the wrong way around. Right, Mom's pointing Morna into the window here. Morna, we're just doing the podcast. Morna's on the phone all the way from Sligo. Do you want to say hello on the podcast? Hello on the podcast. Ah. Do you want to be on the podcast, Ross? I started this podcast. <laughs> this is my po- I, made, I made this podcast. We're just in the middle of talking about your house, actually, Ross. Yeah, we're ta- yeah. How you didn't buy your dad a, a motorbike. And how the place looks like shite as well. We're just talk. This doesn't matter. I'll, I'll tell you again another time. Don't worry. Uh, also, just so we have it on record as well, I just made mom and dad an absolutely fucking cracking dinner. Did I or did I not? Yes, cracking dinner. Beautiful. I heard it. It, it was um, numny. Numny. Yeah, it was numny. fucking numny. Yeah, Ross, did you hear that? I got a double certified numny. I got a double numny. I got a dumny. That's how you know you made it. Do you want to give us a numny, Ross? Only. Brilliant. That's another <laughs> bit of dad's legacy that I think that I really enjoy is the fact that that if you eat something nice, midway through your mouth, will you go? Numny. 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 I made dinner for dad last night and I said, is it nice dad? And dad went, oh, Peter, it's, it's numny. And I, 10 feet tall, walking around the house, it was hitting my head off the ceiling. Excellent. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so bunch of the motorbike, that didn't happen as well. Yes. Brilliant. Just to make sure, because uh, I've said it before and they were like, yeah, you fucking did and you're shite, buy your dad a bike. And well, I, I, think like, I, I think I sort of, uh, I reciprocated the uh, momentousness of the occasion by actually accepting the offer uh, well really quickly accepting the offer uh, i drove to edinburgh well that's what i was going to get on to next so ah. this was just a wee tool for you to get to come on tour with us a few times ah right okay well i just want to talk about that because it was nice mm. so once you got the bike going that was it you got your lessons done all that kind of stuff uh, and then elected to join us uh, on some of our uk runs as well so you came over i think the first time was edinburgh wasn't edinburgh. it the caves right. in edinburgh i think we were doing two nights there wasn't it two nights and um you could span over it was a triumph bonnyville you had at the time and a Triumph uh, Speedmaster. I thought it was Bonneville. No. Nope. Why would I know the name? Why would I know the name Triumph Bonneville if I... Trust me, it was a Speedmaster. I'm a, I fucking... I have the bill. And you will see that it says Speedmaster. <laughs> okay, right. wasn't a Bonneville. Okay, all right, fair enough. Um, but yeah, you come over for that and then you join... <laughs> you... Um, <laughs> I fucking bought the fucking thing. Yeah, rub it in. Go on, keep yeah, going. But anyway, you could then... Yeah, you changed bikes very quickly as well, almost as quickly as you bought when you were changing it. Uh, and it got to a situation where a few months later you had, was it a Honda VA4 and something else? Or you were trading in one of the bikes against another bike. And remember you came to me saying, Peter, if I trade in this Triumph here like this, I'll get this off that and I can get this bike then. And it cost me nothing. And I was like, it didn't cost you 
anything to begin with. <laughs> I bought the fucking thing. I've been out of pocket the whole time. But yeah, so when you got the new bike, then you came over for, we were doing a run through, was it like kind of northern England? Preston kind of, and Sheffield. Preston and Sheffield. But were you there for Doncaster as well? No. Was Preston the place where it had the little lazy swimming pool going outside the venue? Or was that Doncaster? Was that before oh, you came with us? It must have been Doncaster. Because that, that whole, uh, no, Preston, we like to call it the Preston. You were there. Well, well Preston. Pretty fucking grim looking. Well, Preston was pretty grim, but Sheffield was actually quite cool. Sheffield was nice. Where you were playing was, uh, upstairs was where the Embassy oh, the, World Snooker. The Crucible. The Crucible. Yeah. That, that um, was very cool. We got a fucking hop because we were like, we'll just see what's fucking knocking around. No, tell you what it was. We had gone for dinner and then we're wandering around and we went into a shopping centre. Uh, across the road from the venue, and we were like, "It's a lot of fucking posters." Oh, the venue was in that with all the with all the posters of the snooker players. That's what. Yeah, so we were wandering around the, the whenever the area was. We were like, "God, oh, it's mad that there's a venue just in this shopping centre area kind of thing." And we we're like, "Why is there so many posters for snooker stuff? What's that about?" And then we we're like, "Oh shit, that's like it must be a snooker venue." And then we didn't assume that it was the one. We went back in, went up, went, like followed through the different dressing rooms. Or I think our dressing room to the venue led through whatever the crucible was, whatever it was. Walked into the room, went, "Holy fuck." This, this is, is the crucible. This is the crucible. Yeah, oh my god! Cool. Told Joe Doherty that, and he almost fucking shot himself. Now he's always in the verge of shitting himself anyway. Yeah, no, it was, it was very cool actually. Well, it was very cool. I believe we played some pool on one of the runs as well. Did we somewhere? Did we play with a pool somewhere? We played pool somewhere, but I don't think it was in. Oh, was that not Southampton? Because yeah, there was another you time you came over, to Southampton. I flew over. You flew that time. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I think I wore jammies for that gig. Yes, I did. Yeah, that's where my, well, my no, my buddies were over for Berlin. Yeah, that's what I'm going to say as well. So it was one time you and Morna surprised me. We were doing, oh, I think it was our second or third European tour on the tour bus thingy. And we were in Berlin and you'd said nothing about coming over or any of that kind of stuff. And then Niall came into the restaurant. I don't know what story he told me to get me back onto the bus. He said, I think you left something on the top deck or on the front cabin. And I was like, no, I didn't. I'm like, no, I've always... And he goes, no, no, you did. You left something or there's... You left or I left your suit jacket in there. Will you go get it or whatever? A ruse. A ruse. Some sort of subterfugistic lie. Um and opened the door and you and Morna were plonked there going hey we're here look at us this is us and I didn't know what to fucking do uh, and you yeah your whole your whole work crew were over yeah well, which was purely by accident and and they were going to the gig so yeah so but it was bigger. so the few runs you came over with us was always a bit of crack it was nice kind of being in convoy we'd drive in a big splitter van and then have it looked like we had like some sort of escort or whatever because you were either in front of us <laughs> or behind us the whole day um, but yeah so that, that was all kind of crack there now we have more often than not now the rare occasions that I do come home uh, since I moved to Dublin I, and this is another thing that I just want to tell people about it. They're a bit like, ah, oh, look, he can't really be this. Like, I've created this massive vision of you up and down until his head. You know, he's just this fucking <laughs> rare fiend that you don't know what the fuck he's going to do next. Um, more often than not, I come home to find you knee-deep in something mental. Uh, either it's a new shed or, like, a recently concreted floor that okay. could have been a bit more level. Okay. Like I said, if, I, if I was blind, I could have read it. Um but or even like the one of the prior times I came home, I came into the to the steel shed. First of all, the shed count. This is something that has been of, of disbelief for a lot of people as well. There's upwards of eight sheds in the allotment of the pines at the moment. <clears throat> well, okay, Back, so but this house started with was a two up and two down, and now there's eight sheds at the back. I'm not sure it's eight, but we'll we'll including we'll, so we've okay, got so we have we have the original barn hut, which was yeah. the sixteen by ten. One. Okay. You've got your wooden shed. No, that is the, that is the wooden but shed. But what's the little, like the bike shed thing, the, the concrete one here? That's no, that out. was always there. Yeah. It still counts as a shed. Okay, right. So that's, okay. So that was the boiler house. Yeah. Right. And then we got the wooden shed. 
brilliant right which is which 60, 16 by 10 which is where you used to do all your stained glass work. i did i eventually ended up before i started teaching i ended up in squeezed into that to do stained glass and right? the little work that i used to do in there me and more yes. used to help out with you and do our work yeah, experience now, to, where we would hammer nails and screws the, screws you wouldn't take the nails you had, too, to, had to be the screws because nails were too hard to hit um, you <laughs> hammer screws into, into the, the floor. floor into the floor by the door yes in front of the door yes yeah, which is great fun. I remember a few times I used to help you flax the lead as well Didn't oh you did right. and you'd, yeah, you you'd give me the little wooden triangular bit that I would then run along the lead lead to, wi- to, to open it yeah, yeah. yeah. oh very good I don't know man how many talents the wooden shed which was that right and then what happened was we bought the first steel shed first steel shed and we put that about uh, 12 feet away from the back of the wooden shed. Yep. And then what I did was... Put a shed in the middle. <laughs> I, I put... I, I've covered, I covered in that gap and made it into a greenhouse. Yep. Basically hung a piece of wood in between the top of the two roofs, two roofs and, and draped some plastic. some plastic over it. Yeah. And it worked. It did. Uh, up until recently. Then what I did was, two years ago then, I decided I wanted to get hens. Yeah. So I After I left home, and he was like, right, well, I, my son has worth 12 chickens to me, I'll get some of them. <laughs> and then when Morning left, you talked about getting lambs. And I was like, stop replacing your children with livestock. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I built the, the hen house. Yeah. And then what happened was, so that's shed four. So then what happened was, I built a run, uh, which was a, a caged-in run with chicken wire. But uh, then uh, so I, um, bird flu happened, mm-hmm. so I then had to make a roof for the run. So technically, that's another shed. Yeah. I'd, in in between times, I'd moved the steel shed from the back of the house up to where it is now on the side. I remember the crane lifting it over. Yeah. Uh, Terrifying. And just this summer, I've got another shed that is actually half and half. So it's half a steel shed. Half a greenhouse. For the second numbers, I'm going to bump it up and say it's two different sheds. So, so technically it's two different sheds because it's actually split in the middle with a wall and a door. So there's three there and there's the chicken run, there's the wooden shed. Three there, four, the chicken There's four. It's three and four are seven and then the concrete one. You're right, eight. Eight, brilliant. There you go, folks. You heard it here first. Shed seven's got nothing on my dad. He's shed eight. <laughs> yeah, and so this, I've, I've christened now this steel shed with the two extra sheds at the back. Totsie's Avenue or Totsie Avenue. Totsie I think Avenue. I think Excellent. it's pretty decent, yeah. And then we've got Peter O'Hanlon Plaza. And don't forget, there. and don't forget, we have Chateau Le Trailer. Chateau Le Trailer. Chateau Le Trailer. Yeah, that's where I have I built a roof specifically for covering in the trailer. Oh yeah, yeah. Maison Maison de Messi. <laughs> Out of the perspex that I took off the original greenhouse, yeah. it's now a roof for my trailer. So I hope anyone listening now gets gets the kind of general vibe that Dad could like fall over a piece of wood and build something. Yeah, that's and and, and 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 your mother uh, and my wife is constantly saying, if I'm left long enough, I would put a shelf anywhere. Yep, yep. If yep. there's any problem, it doesn't matter what it is, put a shelf can we put a shelf on it? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's, it's, I, I, it boggles the mind because I, I have very little practical applications with my hand unless it's on like a guitar. <laughs> uh, and that's the total inverse for you. I don't know how you can put your hand to something and just make it work. Um, yeah, so that's, and then more, more recently when I came home, you, uh, I went into that steel shed to find you there with maybe a 15 foot long, Count, like, utility countertop with a sink in the middle and I was like what the fuck are you at dad and you looked at me with all seriousness and said look at this and there's nothing wrong with it and I was like it's on the floor it's not connected to fucking anything and it's in shite it wasn't in shite it wasn't, it in wasn't shite. shite it wasn't it, it was a perfect it wasn't it was, working it wasn't but it was a perfectly good countertop with a sink in it and I wasn't going to have it dumped out friends of ours were doing up the utility and they were for dumping it and it has now been given to the, the chap who's our electrician who's going to use it because he's doing a self-build uh, of a new house 
uh, and he was perfectly happy to take it. So it's going to find a new home rather than going to the dump. Zero waste king. Try and play that. Now, now that we've covered all that kind of crack, that you're very good at what you do with your hands and all that, let's talk about some failings that I think we both share. I want to discuss uh, a bugbear that mom has with both of us, and it's unfortunate that she's had to deal with it. Um, our shared financial recklessness. <laughs> <laughs> which is one of the better gifts you've cursed me with the other being a small frame and no arse um, <laughs> there's a few instances of me, me and you when we have money we don't pretty much it goes it's gone but if only for ma'am we'd be destitute we'd be legends we'd be destitute, destitute. yes well okay so there's so there's a there is a a chasm between your mother and I when it comes to money and you throw money into it <laughs> Um, I have no, I put no mass whatever on money. Yeah. If it's not spent. Never have. If it's not spent, it's not worth anything. If, if I can't spend it, then what's the point in exactly, having it? Exactly. I don't get it. Uh, whereas your mother is uh, like a square yeah. uh, and uh, is always thinking of the rainy day and to be fair, has got us to where we are today. Yeah. We've had plenty of rainy lots days. lots of ways. Yeah. No, we wouldn't have survived some of the rainy days if it wasn't for ma'am. Uh, there's two instances that I want to bring up that I really enjoyed. First instance being a few weeks after my communion. Myself and yourself were in Clower Market. <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> so we were in Clower Market, which for anyone who doesn't know is famous for selling fireworks and power tools that have the serial numbers scratched off them. Uh, and we happened to be wandering around and Dad had an itching for a new weapon of mass construction. Oh, that's very good. It is actually. Actually it's very good. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. Write that down. Um, but you were looking around at some sort of tool or whatever. You were looking to buy something and uh, you came across this pillar drill. And then you realised, oh fuck, I haven't a fucking, I haven't a bean in my wallet. Uh, and you're like, I want to get this fucking drill. Oh, fuck, how am I going to, what am I going to do with this now? And you looked at me and we're like, you still have some communion money left, don't you? I was like, I do. And you went, do you want to buy a drill? And I went, fuck, yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> if you ask an eight-year-old, do they want to buy a power tool? Of course they're going to say, yeah. She's like, right, come on. And we legged it over to um, the bank where I had an account. I think, was that, were we still at AIB at the time? Must have been. Yeah. So we went into AIB and you were like, hello there, I'd like to withdraw from my son's uh, bank account there, please, if you don't mind. And I was like, yeah, sugar, absolutely. What's the name? And you said, Peter Hanlon Jr. And she came back and said, eh, I'm very sorry, um, only Philomeno Hanlon can withdraw money from this account. And you were like, oh, that must be some mistake. I'm the guy's father. I must be able to get money out of it. So you rang mom. We're like, eh, Phil, come here, I'm trying to get uh, money out of Peter's account. And mom was like, what are you buying? You don't need it. Stop. No. What I, I put that in, in place deliberately so you wouldn't go and waste the guy's money. Yeah. Now the big one, and I lo- and I think this sums us up the best. And I think this is really it. It it shows that the financial recklessness defies the age gap. <laughs> that we will just fall for any shiny fucking thing that looks like a bit of crack. Magpies. Yeah, and this and I love this story. I think it really defines us both in a very funny way. We had got tickets for the. I was probably about ten or so. We got tickets for the Toys for Big Boys exhibition in the RDS. In the RDS, where there was a Sherman tank, and and a DeLorean. And a DeLorean and, and, a and an original cockpit from World War II fighter, Spitfire. Spitfire, okay. I think they had a Zero there as well, the Japanese oh, they might have rival had. to the Spitfire. So we got tickets for this and we were like, fucking brilliant, loads of stuff here, this will be great crack. Mam obviously internally hit the roof, being like, oh fuck, they're going to go up and they're going to be looking at shit. And they're gonna. So as we were leaving, I remember so much, we stood at the back door saying, lads, it was our parting shot was, lads, please. Please don't buy anything stupid. You don't buy anything stupid. We're like, bah, Phil, come on, look, you know, we're not dopes. Like, we're not gonna just gonna fall for the first thing we say. No, come on, credit us with some 
discernible fucking tact when it comes to being sold snake oil by snake oil salesmen. Just don't don't worry about that. So we get there. It's probably the first ring of people we see. We go, what the fuck are they looking at? And we go over, and this lad is flying a helicopter. And it's probably about two feet wide by two feet. Like, it's a, it's a biggish yoke that has two rotary blades and all this stuff. And he's flying it up and down, over and back in front of people's faces and all this stuff. And I immediately, like, this thing's fucking brilliant. This mm. looks fucking class. Remote control as well. Remote so control, it, was, yeah. it didn't have a wire connected no, to it. No, it just, it was wireless control, So I was looking at this going, this is fucking brilliant. So I was like, right, I'll ask that. And I would go to look up to be like, can I get the, you were already <laughs> heading towards the table <laughs> with your fucking wallet out to get one. <laughs> So then Oops. we stick we stick this massive box in the car. Uh, we obviously go to see the rest of the exhibition and it's great crack. We drive home. Mom's looking at the window as she often is uh, whenever we come home <laughs> to see what's happened. And then she sees us pull this fucking big box out of the back of the car. She meets at the back door. And as we're walking towards it, and I'll never forget this, she was like, lads, I told us not to buy anything fucking stupid. And we both said in unison, it's not it's stupid, it's, it's a, a helicopter. <laughs> Which at the time felt totally reasonable, but of course the fucking cost needs a helicopter. Like, Flew yeah. around the kitchen then. Oh, silly as fuck! I love that so much. One of our moments. One of our moments. Look, and we've got plenty. We could talk all day about the stupid things we've both done together and separately. But yeah, so more recently, I came home. I've been home. I had a break off from work. I was meant to go on tour with a door across England, uh, but that fell by the wayside. Um, and so I decided to come home for a few days. I think it's the longest run I've been home actually in a while. Every other time it's been like a day or two or a night here or there or whatever. Um, but yeah, this is day four now, me being home. I think. You know, is it? Three. Day three. I came back on Thursday. Wednesday night I came back. Oh, Wednesday night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it gets around. Yeah, it's not been too bad. It's actually quite nice. It's nice and relaxed actually, to be fair. It is nice and relaxed. Oh, compared to other times? Yeah. Really? Yeah. You are? Yeah, no, it's not. Well, like, yeah, it's called being knackered. Yeah, I know. But when sometimes when you come home, you're a grumpy fucker. Oh, thanks. Do you want me to? I, look, I can do that right now. Uh, you do. If you want. It's, it's your your default. It's, no, it's your fault, I'm taking. Uh, no, no, it's your default. <laughs> it's our fault, it's that it's your, fault. It's our fault that it's your default. Yeah, fair enough. But yeah, no, it's been nice to be home. It's nice to fucking do a few bits here with you and get you on. Um, while we're here now, why don't we kick into some of the segments? Okay. The first segment I'm going to do today with me papa is uh, Sonic Seconds. Sonic Seconds. Sonic Seconds. Right, so, so this is Sonic Seconds. So there's a jingle's going to play and all that as well. Have you ever listened to an episode of this? No. Oh, that's what I meant to say first of all, actually. Well, first of all, thanks for supporting the work of your son. That I really appreciate Did you ever buy any of your albums? Tickets? No? Oh, but I did enough work for you. And I bought you a bike. Oh, right. Oh, sorry. You've actually been on the podcast before. Right. You had a really brief appearance at the Merchy Market episode where oh, you came up. Oh, yes. And that's I where you and Joe were on it and Zarm was on yes, it yes, and yes, all yes, the heads yes. were on it. I was up on the bike. You are up on the bike, yeah. My yeah. latest bike, which is now gone. Which is now gone. Yeah, I know you've retired uh, from the biking. Mm. That's another thing as well, sorry, yeah, that I, when I tell people about it as well, I think it's a bit gas, is you, so after you got the bike and all that kind of stuff, you ended up teaching in the school that I used to go to, the tech. Brefney College is they and you insist on calling it now. Oh, no, I'm quite happy with the tech, but they insist yeah, really, oh, yeah, yeah. Which also, you went to the tech as well. Yes. We walked the same holes. Yes. Which is, I think, is a big gas. Yes. Um, and I had to step into shoes that uh, people already didn't like yep, in correct. there with some of the teachers that were there. Yes. Knew um, what was coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd set the scene. Yeah, no, exactly. So I walked in on many different back feet. Um, but... 
Yeah, so you end up being an art teacher in that school, and also you were the so you're the art teacher rocking up on a motorbike. Yeah. Which I just think is fucking brilliant. Yeah. And another thing that I enjoy is well, we went to go see the Phil Linnet documentary once oh, in yeah. Dundrum. And do you remember this? You came in, you came up on the bike, and you met me in Dundrum, and then I was like, Dad, where are you going to put your leathers? And you were like, I'm watching a fucking tin lizard. I'm, like, I'm going to sit in my leathers. If I'm Gosh. watching a Phil Linnet documentary, I'm going to sit. But you sat there, anytime you moved, the squeaks <laughs> and grinds are yeah. I just. <laughs> Phil would have been proud. Yeah, so now, anyway, back to the segments. This is Sonic Seconds. Uh, where we talk about two or three seconds from a track that just make the moment for us. What have you got for us? Now, you, uh, in in a moment of uh, brief senility earlier on, mentioned that you forgot what your tonic second was. My tonic second? It's it's a Gary Moore track. I just can't think of the name. Oh, it wouldn't be called Enough of the Blues. Would it be any chance? It would be called Enough of the Blues. That's the where he holds the long note. No, that's Parisian Walkway. No. You're talking about the really long note at the beginning of the track with Tin Lizzy. Yeah, no, it's no, 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 I think you, 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 it's the other one. Are we talking about the drop in in Enough of the Blues? No. So you're talking about Parisian Walkway? Oh, no, you're no, talking about Enough of the Blues. Sorry, oh, Enough of the Blues. God, Jesus Christ, what are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, Enough of the Blues. Gary Moore, is it? Gary Moore. And it's the bit where it kicks into the track, is it? Yes. Brilliant. So this is one day me and you just, I don't know where we were driving, I don't know what we were doing, um, but you had this Gary Moore blues CD on a recent-ish album by him. And I'm going to play a bit of it here. Um, Which I actually got when I was doing, still writing the column in the newspaper. So yes, you also had a bit of a journalism background. You were top, you were Quaver, and you had an art, you had a, a, a column, a few column inches, which I think would be a great name, like for someone. Like my name is Column Inches. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> actually would, for, for a writer. For a writer, yeah, it would be good. Uh, you had a little article, a column called Top Notes, where you Correct. would review local releases. Well, not necessarily local. National and international, depending on what record companies were sending well, stuff I'm sure, out. I'm sure fucking you two were waiting around yeah, for the top well, notes well, review. Well, I certainly wasn't getting those, but I did get some, and some touring out. Yeah, brilliant. No, fair play. No, yeah, that's something I forget. But again, there's so many different things you've done to what you've done so far that I often forget. And every now and then, you're very good, and people online will, will will relate to this as well. You're like an awful lot of the dads where every now and then you'll just drop another chapter of fucking dad lore. <laughs> That we have to just go, you've totally changed my vision of who I thought you were as a fucking person. And I can't deal with that now, you know what I mean? So you're very good at that. And I, I'm terrified as to what you're going to drop me next, if this is what I'm okay with knowing. But anyway, so this is me. I don't, are we going to meet Ned or my uncle, your brother, for lunch or something like that? We I think driving, that might have been it. We were driving somewhere and you yeah. just had the CD on in the car. And the first track had a drop in it. It was a kind of a quiet little start. Mm. And then it just had a drop in Takes it. Takes off. Like a fucking rocket. Yeah. And we, Steam train. Yeah. we just kept losing our show. We just kept putting it back to the start. I don't think we got to the end of the track. We let it play to that bit and then go, oh yeah, fuck, we'll go back to the start yeah. again. But it, it worked really, really well. Somebody help me. Lord, I'm in misery. I had enough of the blues, but the blues ain't had enough of me. Help me out. So suffice to say, I'm going to use a phrase that I think I've told you before that I think really will sum that up. That bit absolutely fucks ass. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, yeah. it's fucking, it's great at the moment. Um, yeah, no, very good. Um, Gary Moore as well, uh, professionally known as a tick bastard. Oh, yeah. 
no. mean prick apparently yeah yeah but uh, he could bloody well play the guitar he could he could and he could, he could actually he had a sort of a, um a quality to his a quality to his voice great voice no i never would have associated yeah. him with being a singer but that album his voice is great yeah. on that no he can't and he had a few nice after the tin lizzie period he had a few nice solo singles that were pretty decent as well yeah. but the note in parisian walkway and i know it's a big fucking it's as big as it's like it's as typical as stairway to heaven but it is an amazing yeah. nobody hits at the start of it like it's, yeah. it's very very good Brilliant. Yeah, no, Gary Moore. Uh, give me more of that. Um, that's the most RT2 link I've ever done in my life. That oh, was the most John Creighton bullshit. <laughs> I'm just going to, what was that? Puke City. <laughs> You've just diminished the street cred of your podcast. Uh, I thought it was good. Um, and there's more of that where that came from. Um, my second best, or my sonic second, sorry, comes from now recently, I was lucky enough to be in Dublin. Uh, well, I'm actually not that lucky considering what Dublin's like at the moment. But, um, was in Dublin a few days ago, uh, and uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey happened to, be, oh, yeah. happened to be showing in the lighthouse, and it was an original reel, and I'm always a sucker for shit like that. It could be a documentary about everyone telling you why you're a prick, but if it's on an original reel, I'd be like, I know, I'll go see that, yeah, that'll be pretty decent. Uh, so I went to go see that, and they opened a piece of music, and I know it's often parodied, and it's often troped, and, it's, and it's, everyone knows what it is, and the opening theme, and all that kind of stuff, but the third sting in it has a chord resolution that i think is just absolutely class uh, and cooper could say that himself uh, no but just there's because we're all aware of the dum 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 bit and all that kind of stuff there's like i said the third sting into it is just absolute euphoria good not too bad it's a good little sting Building up tension. Great, he knows what he's at. Not done. Take me home, Pappy. Yeah, That's no, fucking great, yeah, isn't no, it? It's, class. it's very good. It's Just this, this, I think it's really good. They nailed it. Uh, but yeah, no, I think it's that. Just it was, again, in the cinema, having it pumped at you in 5.1 oh. fucking Dolby. Uh, amazing. It's really, really amazing to see. Hello, Dave. Dave. Hot take. 2001 Space Odyssey is actually pretty decent. Mm. But yeah, uh, no, so uh, that's that's something second. Just, just over lunch. Because we've been, again, this is the only thing as well. I haven't had lunch in I don't know how long. Uh, but we used to have lunch regularly here. Every day. It's crazy to me. I have brekkie. I have dinner, maybe brekkie. The fact that it's a brekkie and then there's a lunch and then there's a dinner. Mental. Eat, it's man. what a world you live in. <laughs> it's fucking well, crazy. You find a lot of people live in the same world. Oh, but Jesus, anyway. no, it's crazy. Fair play to you. I don't know how you find the time. Um... <laughs> But Make the time. Only at lunch there today, we brought up someone who we often bring up. Again, one of our favourite albums, I think we can both oh. agree, is Lock and Load by Dennis Leary. Uh, amazing piece of work. I try, My sonic sack for this episode was going to be the moment we talked about, but I can't find it online, which is very frustrating. But uh, yeah, no, big fan of Dennis Leary. Uh, funny man, does tunes. Who knew that we'd like that? Uh, yeah, no, massive fan of Dennis Leary here. 
So uh, with that in mind, that was that was Sonic Seconds for this episode. Excellent. Sonic Seconds. This next section is segment. Sorry, is second best. This is the second best. Now, a bit of an odd segment, hard one for me to do because I've done it so often that I actually don't really have any examples left anymore because it's quite tough to come up with one. But second best is a segment that's kind of based around the fact that a lot of people talk about great opening lines in songs. You know, um, you've got like, I never thought it would happen with me and the girl from Clapham. You've got Teenage Dreams Are Hard To Beat. It's very, very easy to pick up on a good first line of the track and I feel like a lot of songwriters depend on the first line really like selling it. But I think a great track is made by the second line being just as good and following up really well on that on the first line and the example that i always give is long cool woman in a black dress that holly song uh the second line in that is working for the fbi now it doesn't fucking matter what the first line of that song is if the second line is working for the fbi it's the coolest line in the song Do you know the track the holly's track long cool woman in a black dress um, massive um kind of vietnam era track oh you'd, you'd know it if you heard it on a second now oh i do know what i do know what i do yeah yes 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 just That's the Hollies. That sounds so like Leonard Skinner. Yeah, no, it's the Hollies. Who did fucking look through any window. Good grief. Yeah, no, amazing. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I think it was after Graham Nash left. Um, okay, so... Yeah, um, you don't have anything for this one, do you not? Well I, well, I have a line, but it's not the second line of the song. Okay, well, that's exactly what I told you to get. But anyway, what's your line? Go on, go for it. Well, it was the line I told you in Man for Man. You love taking directions, don't you? What's the line? The line in Man for Man, where it, where it goes to the sort of... Uh, there's a... Uh, this is blinded by the light, is it? Blinded by the light, right? So the blind, the track that was done by blinded by man, man for, for man, man, that was the hit, was the shortened version. On the full version, there's a section where uh, it goes off into a much more mellow sort of thing, and one of the lines is, "Mama always told me never look into the sun," but the the, the the line after that is the one that I love. But Mama, that's where all the fun is. Great line, no, very very good. Uh, I enjoy that. Uh, if we're just picking random lines we like, I like the bit where they say douche. Oh, yeah, uh, no, I never got the douche. I don't know what that revved up. Well, it says here revved up like a deuce. Oh, D-U-C-E. Oh, well, that makes loads of sense. It's a no, song about tennis, is it? No, a, d- a deuce is uh, is a, uh, a, a a reference to a card thing. A deuce is a slang term for 1932 Ford Coupe. Oh, there you go. Revved so, up like a deuce. deuce. Oh, okay. right, so it's only Dave. Me taking I mean, a deuce. look, Springsteen, I probably would have had another look at the draft there if I was you. But anyway, yeah. um, <laughs> on that, on Revved Up Like a Deuce, um, there's a track that we used to listen to loads. You had a great CD in the car, and I often know, but you had a mixed CD in the car that was, that uh, shaped a lot of the music that ended up liking, because it was a load of, like, before I knew what they were, I thought, all, again, I, growing up when I used to watch, you had old Tom and Jerry videotapes and all this kind of stuff, and all these, when I was like eight and nine, you had the CD, a mixtape in the car. That all the stuff that I just assumed was contemporary, that was new. Like, I was watching Tom and Jerry cartoons from the 40s <laughs> that I just thought, well, like, well, that's just how it looks. It's the same as X-Men that I'm watching oh, now. Like in the 40s, 90s. but go on. But, oh, whatever. Whatever, like, yeah, yeah. Well, like, I had no concept of the fact that this was from the 50s. I just thought, that's just, that's a cat getting hit in the face with a plank. Brilliant. Yeah. And it didn't occur to me that it was that old. Same with all these tracks as well. Like, I remember on the CD, it opened with Great Balls of Fire, and you had uh, a load of meatloaf stuff, and it was Chuck Berry on it, and you had, but then also you had, like, Scissor Sisters and all this kind of crack mm. on it. 
Um, and I just didn't question it at all. But Definitely some of the, down to Georgia. Different down to Georgia, yeah. Um, great track as well. Another big one for us was Down Down by Quo. Yeah. We used to, I'm used to, yeah. What do we got? Absolutely nothing. nothing. Uh, I used to wreck Mona's fucking head. Yeah. We'd pick her up from school, and I'd Scare. pick. Yeah, I'd pick like ABC by the Jackson Five or Down Down, whatever it is. And as she's walking towards the car, at peak, at second year, in at an all girl secondary school, at your peak, everything that anyone does to me is embarrassing. I'd roll down the windows and fucking crank, crank. the fuck out of quo and all this shit. But um, on revved up like a deuce, you had another track that me morning used to love singing along to, which was. All revved up and nowhere to go. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And who was that? Meatloaf. Was it Meatloaf? Yeah. Grant. Uh, yeah, no, R.I.P. Uh, Meatloaf. Me and Mourn is another big track we used to like singing was uh, Lonely by Akon. Remember that? Lonely. Very, absolutely gasped. But no, that was a great wee CD. Now, I enjoyed that. That's where I heard about the House Martins for the first time as well, because you had Happy Hour on that CD. Yeah. Uh, uh, so that wraps up Second Best. Right there. Next segment is Word on the Street. Never miss a beat with the word on the street. Oh, yeah, exactly. I don't know how we're going to do it now because it's a bit late. But Word on the Street is where I said we're going to go out and talk to the chickens. Would they still be up? No. They'll be in bed? They'll be in bed. Oh, okay. It's well, dark we now, so once it goes dark, they'll, they'll, they'll go in. Oh, okay, fair enough. Oh, we fucked it then. I will talk to them tomorrow. Uh, okay, well that was word on the street. Yeah, we were going to take you out to the chickens and see what they had to say for themselves. See if they had a sonic second or two. Um, yeah, I'd say they're probably big fans. The Dixie Chicks or um, they're probably Kentucky like a, Fried Chicken. Yeah, they're probably like that's not a band, Dad. It's a food franchise. Come on, it's just a get with the beat, baggy. Another great film. Oh, another sonic second for me would be uh, Baloo doing the I'm gone and Sonic gone. Oh, amazing. But anyway, yeah, we're going to talk to the chickens and see what they say. Oh, they'd also like that band Eggs Over Easy. Yeah. Do you want to know a bit of, bit of intel about Eggs Over Easy? The drummer from The Animals ended up being in, the egg, in Eggs Over Easy. John mm. Steele. Didn't Great name for a fucking drummer. Um, that was word on the street. Didn't get talking to much of the chickens now, but we'll probably give them a shout tomorrow if, if we're arsed and can remember. Never miss a beat with the word on the street. It's time for opportunity knocking for Peter O'Hanlon don't say that this is it's about time opportunity knock for you dad I'm sick of sick of seeing you sitting around here doing fuck all with your life um, this is Acoustic Corner with a voice so soft it'll put you to sleep and a face that makes you want to beat your knees it's Ross Farley's Acoustic And it's time for Dad to take centre stage and we're going to sing a classic that you've been singing since before I was born. My first TV appearance was in utero. Is that, is that the phrase to be when you're... What does in utero mean? I don't think Mammy came. Came up to the lyrics board. Did she? No, I've seen the... Cl- yeah, so this is my first television appearance in utero. I've seen the footage of you on the lyric board singing 16 tons and Mammy is there heavily pregnant with me. Oh, was she there? Was she yeah. Yeah. Cranky. But so Crunch. talk talk us through the lyric board. So what was going on here? Do you just because you just stand up in the middle of the crowd and start singing? I invited obviously to do so. You Agnes McFulty. You say Agnes you say that like I meant to know what that is. Yes, Agnes McFulty was the presenter. Okay, it was Angus McAnally, and it was his his uh, himself. And actually, I think it was his brother came up with this idea for this quiz program, uh, and it was called the Lyric Board. 
uh, and in there was a segment there where uh, they, they you were given um, clues to the name of a song, and the, and the, the panel had to guess what the song was. And it, uh, as as a sort of an audience segment, what they did was they got people to audition for for their favorite song, and if you like the if they like the audition, then they would put the song the name of the song in as a question for the panel, and then they would ask you to come up to the actual screening of the show. Uh, and what you did was, when the panel guessed the, whatever the song was, you then got to stand up and sing it with the band, uh, the, the backing band from the show. Oh, okay. Oh, so it was a live band. It wasn't just oh, a live band. Track. Oh, no, it was a live oh, band. Cool. So I went up to RTE. When I did the, the original, I, I had to sing down the telephone. <laughs> what? I don't know that song, Down the Telephone. Oh, well, I did after it finished, I can tell you. <laughs> And then uh, I got a call back to say, come up to RT on this particular Saturday and we'll rehearse your song and see if it works. And I did. There you go. So that's an yes. Sorry. Now, before you can continue with that, another aspect of your life that I just fucking forget about is you had a musical era as well. Yes. You did. You were in a band, Homebrew. I was. Talk us through the set list. What were you doing? What were you oh, playing? Oh, we were doing, uh, we did uh, Van Morrison uh, and uh, we did uh, uh, past the Point of Rescue, which was John Prine, was it? Could have been. Uh, that kind of stuff, and then a few Irish numbers, and uh, a bit of Lizzie, and a bit of Elvis, and pfft, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Classics. And moved on to then doing some sound and light stuff as well. Oh, yeah, well, hey, yeah. But, yeah. Um, Enough to make it work. Uh, musicals. Musicals, yeah, that's what I was going to say. So we saved yourself share a bit of a theatre background as well, in that we've had a shared history of doing some of the it's two of the I think one of the two of the best because of my involvement musicals in Cavan were Joseph and the Amazing Technical or Dreamcoat or I played Pharaoh who you played Pharaoh uh, and I believe I've got a clip of it here <laughs> uh, while we, I was wandering along about the banks of the river seven fat cows kicked my butt and oh, oh. Yep. Uh, and uh, oh and I downloaded them on your thing upstairs but there's some just stellar moments of you Absolutely, given her galty in a fucking in a mini skirt that in a, it would in be a nappy in a nappy. Yeah, I know you're going, you're going through a tough Egyptian, time. Egyptian nappy, Egyptian nappy are playing EP this year. Um, All right, okay. But yeah, and then also we absolutely nailed the casting for a Christmas Carol two years later, where you played old Scrooge, you played Scrooge, and I played young, young Scrooge, Scrooge, which we nailed it. Fair yeah. play to us. But yeah, so that, and those plays were always a bit of crack. Were they done? Were they rehearsed in the run-up to Christmas? Was it over the summer? When were they? I can't remember. Oh, run-up to Christmas. I do a fucking brilliant crack. I used mm. to love, we had Pascal Lyons, choreographer and all that as well. And Welcome again. Pascal again with this current music. Oh, no way. Amazing. I remember you absolutely corpsing on stage oh. at the... <laughs> corpsing corpsing in, in a at Christmas carol. At a Christmas yeah. carol. But you have to remember that for that entire musical, for that entire run... We were flooded. We had to move out of our house. We had to move into Cherry Mount. We were uh, living the Cratchit's lock, life. Lock, <laughs> lock, stock, and two smoking barrels. It was a horrendous time for us. Was that the same yes, time that played? Yes, that was the same time that that was happening. While we were rehearsing, we were moving out of this house at the same time. I had no memory of that. Yeah. That's another thing as well. So that's t- and that was another weird parallel that was going on with the Stripes at the time. Was more like, now it only happened twice. But I'd come home from like a big spate of tour and like a massive, I remember there was one Japanese tour that I came home from and then went to Belfast for a while and then I got word, oh, you're flooded. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh, now I'm homeless. Great. Mm-hmm. And I'd come home from like a massive sellout Japanese tour to being homeless or coming home and finding two foot of water in my bedroom and that kind of stuff. Room, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. fucking rotten, no, tough stuff. But I had no idea that I would have put them yeah. in two totally separate no, no, realms no, no, and stuff. Time. There you go. But anyway, so tangent aside, back to the lyrics board. 
Oh yeah, of course. I remember seeing the clip. You're in, and I know dads are given an allocation of you get to, you're allowed two disgusting dad jumpers, shirts, shirts or whatever. You had this fucking black and white, argot, not even argot, but like a geometric weird jaggedy shaped fucking it looked like if a zebra had been passed silk. through a, t- a mesh it was like a silk shirt yeah. and I loved that it that was fucking rotten and it was horrible oh stop horrendous <laughs> horrendous how how makeup in RT let me go oh, on with that I do not sake. know I remember the first time I went into makeup in RT was the first day I had a shave as well <laughs> and I absolutely it was a, and I was beside the chair with Johnny Giles now he'd obviously, oh, yeah. he'd obviously had a shave before yeah. at this point but it was I think our first time on the it wasn't the toy show it was the first time I had a shave and then got we were it was a late late show I think for the launch of Blue Collar Jane or something like that one All of the right. first big late late moments that we did uh, and that morning I was like well I look a bit scruffy I better shave this off now I'd never shaved before like properly like as in like a fuck this is actually thick enough now that I, it wasn't just like electric version like I'm going to need an actual razor razor to do this and I used like a disposable one that was in the hotel and it was like Drury Court Hotel that fucking rotten spot so I was like oh, this is going to be rough going um, I might as well try to use like a pair of scissors mm reefed the face but I was taking lumps out of my neck and everything and then when I sat down in the chair I was obviously blotchy as fuck and my neck was protesting by going as red as it possibly could and all this shit and the makeup lady was like um, it's going to be very hard to balance this on camera and I was like I already am fucking terrified of doing this don't make it look don't be like she was like I'm going to have to really bronze up your neck and then try and level your face off with it and I was like I don't know woman I'm 16 I don't know what you want me to do or say about this but yeah, and she's like, I'm going to have to try and fill in these. I had to put like concealer over the cuts, which obviously stung like fuck, because that's not meant to go anywhere near your bloodstream. Horrible. But anyway, so you were in Lyrics Board uh, in a disgusting shirt that makeup let you go on with. Yeah, so... So that, that talk at the back of his mom's home and putting the house under herself. Go on. So, well, that's it. Uh, well, that's, that's where we're at. You performed 16 tons. I performed 16 tons by Ern, uh, Tennessee Ernie Ford. Tennessee Ernie Ford. Yeah. And um, better... Oh, I suppose it was cousin... Uh, Nashville Burt Camaro <gasps> Tennessee Ernie Ford Nashville oh, Burt yeah. No Tennessee Ernie Ford Nashville Burt Ferrari Ferrari That's better Yeah Burt and Ernie See that took a second So you So 27 years ago You performed 16 tons On the lyric board On RTE Now you're going to perform To an even bigger Global audience <gasps> Myself and dad Are going to perform 16 tons Which we also performed Once before we did. At my 21st birthday party. We did. Uh, which was a joint birthday party with Amy Riley, mm-hmm. who was turning 25. And uh, it was a gig. We, we, I ended up playing my own birthday party. I mm-hmm. believe we played for something like four or five hours. We went on le- half two, three in the morning to the point where at about half two in the morning, us all in bits, Ushim Walsh decided to try and tune the snare. And we still have the, sn- the Nerf guns to prove it. <gasps> Remember that. And that was, we were on stage and I made the mistake of dispersing Nerf guns and fucking all sorts of projectiles. Yeah, I remember dispersing projectiles amongst the, the gathered um, which was a bad idea when the likes of Sean Keady and Shane O'Neill had a fucking feed a drink and then were given guns bad idea. Um, but we, I remember also on stage uh, and just like in Lord of the Rings when they fire off the first row of arrows and you just see hundreds <laughs> oh. of things or look over and there's just little blue foam darts coming right through your head yeah but uh, so myself and yourself we got you up and we you, I think it was was it you it was myself on guitar Evan on bass Ushin on drums and yourself singing yeah uh, and I remember you cleared the room, fair play to you. I did. Uh, the only person who stayed and went absolutely ballistic was Zoran Donahue. Absolutely lost her fucking shite to and, us doing 16 and, tons. And then when I finished and, and got off the stage, 
came over to me and told me that she is one of her favorite tracks and I'm, I'm still looking at her going how could somebody her age love 16 tons yeah. i just never got it mad anyway we're going to take into it now now Mommy, you can clear up a little actual thingy here you were at the lyrics board when dad sang 16 tons on rte didn't weren't you you were Exactly, thank you. Now, you want to sit into the mic because dad didn't believe me. So, was I or was I not? Were you or were you not pregnant with me when dad was on the lyrics board in RTE? Yes, I was. And yes, you were at the lyrics board, Peter. And you didn't like daddy singing because you kicked the life out of me. <laughs> oh, <he was> <laughs> well, I'm going to kick the life out of you now when you start singing this. Right, you ready to go? Yep. Okay, this is 16 tons. Uh, what are we called? Take one. Uh, what are we called? Um, repeat. <laughs> right, this is repeat. Repeat. <laughs> Reduce, reuse, repeat. This is uh, 16 tons. <laughs> Go again with that. <coughs> right. Um, I need to keep it open my head. I was born one morning when the sun didn't shine I picked up a shovel and I walked to the mine I loaded 16 tons Number nine call Starboss said Well bless my soul He loaded 16 tons What do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt Saint Peter don't you call me Cause I can't go I owe my soul to the company store I was born one morning, it was drizzling rain I fighting in trouble on my middle name I was raising the cave by an old mama line No hot tongue woman make me walk the line I loaded 16 tons What do you get? Another day older and deeper and dead St. Peter, don't you call me cause I can't go Home I sold to the company store If you see me coming better, step aside A lot of men didn't, a lot of men died One fist of iron and the other a steel Well, if the right one won't get you, then the left one will I loaded 16 tons, what do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt Said Peter, don't you call me cause I can go To the company store. Brilliant. That was 16 tons by Reduce, Reuse, Repeat. Um, <laughs> that was Acoustic Corner. And I think it's fair to say that was bloody brilliant. Uh, <clears throat> I'm not sure about the high note, or did I take the head off you with the high note? You did the best, uh, but look at it, it's called going for it, and you did, <laughs> give them a show, it's not the show they want, but they, it's one they got anyway. That was Acoustic Corner, uh, and with that we're coming towards... Wrapping it up. It's the, last, it's the last segment of the show, Dad. Oh my God. Can you believe it? No, I'm gobsmacked here. Yeah, well. Okay, well folks, uh, we've got to that point in the show where it's... Racket, stack it and pack it time. Racket, stack it and pack it, yeah, I wish the shovel get off the site. Uh, it's time to go. Sayonara. See you later. Have I got tunes for you? Yeah.
This is Have I Got Tunes For You. We just recommend an album we think you might like to listen to. Oh, yes, right. Okay, I forgot about this, but... That sounds like you forgot about all of them. No, 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 no. I, 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 I have the album. Don't, okay, don't right. panic. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> go for it. What have you got? What album you got for us? Okay, so the album is uh, Johnny the Fox by Thin Lizzy. Mm. Not like you. Oh, Thin Lizzy. Do you recommend Thin Lizzy? Oh, who knew? I done a messing, obviously. Oh, yeah. For okay. fuck's sake, I'm your son. I know you like fucking Thin Lizzy. <laughs> yeah, you said that with such sincerity, Peter. And then you know, hey, hello. So when you're being that serious, I go, oh, okay, right. So yeah. Johnny, Johnny the Fox. Fox. Right, so, uh, and one of the things about Johnny the Fox uh, was actually, so at the time the album came out, this was, it was the seminal moment. Was, it, was, it was post-Jailbreak and all that, wasn't it? Yes. So it was the one, so Jailbreak had, had made them, give, got them international success. And Johnny the Fox was the, uh, the follow-up to that, which was going to break them in, in America. And they were, they were on the cusp. Uh, and at the time, the lineup was uh, Scott Gorham and Brian Robertson. Was Eric Bell was gone at this point? Oh, was gone, he? long gone. Oh, okay. Brian Robertson was a, 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 a complete loose cannon. Was this a small lad? Yeah, ah, with okay, the curly yeah. hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Complete loose cannon. And um, he got into some serious trouble in the States. Uh, and between one thing and another, they weren't able to... F- and I think also, if you remember in the documentary, it was also... Uh, he had hepatitis at the time. Yeah, he was getting sick. At the time. He was, uh, yeah, he was very sick as well. So, and the whole drugs thing was was kind of taken over on him. Yeah. But that was the album where they should have made it, uh, and didn't. But it's a brilliant album. So, oh yeah, cracking album. Yeah, no, that, brilliant that was, album. So the album I have for listeners uh, this week is not. A, they're not a seminal band. They're not a legendary band. They're not a. Some might say they're not even a very good band. Um, but they've got a name that stuck out to me, and I ended up listening to an album they put out in two thousand and five. That I ended up really liking. It's kind of nice, uh, lo-fi, simple melodies, kind of television personalities, kind of stuff. But the band is called "Someone Still Loves You," Boris Yeltsin. Never. Heard of you don't look impressed. I'm not. No, <laughs> I think it's a great name for a band. They got an, they had an album out in 2006 called Broom, uh, with a few tracks like called Pangea, which is a great opener. The track called Oregon Girl, which is really really good, um, and a few other tracks that I that I. That How I did thought. you find them? Spotify Radio, you just stick on. I, I I can tell you exactly how I found them. Uh, Spotify has this great thing where you can click a track and then go go to song radio, where it'll just it'll use that song as like an AI or whatever, or like a, a, a suggestive algorithm will just pick songs that are similar vein right, other people have listened okay. to as well, and just suggest loads of tracks. But I happened to be listening to a band called The Apples in Stereo, uh, and that radio then had a song called Sink Let It Sway by Someone Still Loves You, Boris Yeltsin. And I ended up listening to their album Broom, and it was amazing. Really you know good. Who Boris Yeltsin was. I mix him and Bella Lugosi up all the time. Boris Yeltsin was he not? Was he the space man? Oh fuck! He's the former president of Russia. Yeah, he was a president of Russia. See, I that name and I get him mixed up with Bella Lugosi, the actor. The actor who yeah. played the werewolf. Did he not play Dracula? Oh, was it Dracula? Was yeah, he played Dracula some... in the, the 1931 Dracula. He played Dracula. We Dracula. Oh, Ma- so, Mammy, what's your favorite album? Is your album a photo album of our childhood memories? Is it? Yes. What's your favorite track on it? Oh, that's very nice. Thank you, ma'am. That's the name of the song. The, the one tra- that you're not. The one you're running in, yeah. <laughs> Give that to ma'am. Now, so ma'am, you're very welcome to the podcast. Sit down here for a second. So, first of all, Philomena, you're very welcome to the podcast. Thanks. You decided to join for the crack. It did. Yeah, so everyone now, and I've, much like I've told everyone about dad's escapades online, I've gone to great lengths to show everyone the picture of you that looked exactly like me. Awful. We're now hearing from the woman whose face I stole. Mm-hmm. And, and her best years as well, unfortunately. I'm sorry, ma'am. It's okay. Yeah. But anyway, so I asked Dan earlier on, ma'am, what's it like having me as a son? Uh, what's your take on that? 
Do you want me to be honest or be nice? Well, I'd like to think it could be both when you're talking about me. Um, be honest. He's lovely. <laughs> no, I. <laughs> he's lovely. He's lovely. And I'm going to be nice and say he's really lovely. <laughs> We were talking about our different adventures down to the years. Do you remember the infamous time we went to the RDS and came back with the helicopter? Yes. Do you it never worked. Huh? It cost a fortune. It did work. And it did cost a fortune. Yes. It yeah. didn't work. It did work. No, it didn't. Did it go up in the air? It worked badly. Oh, the story of me and Dad's life. Okay. Um, do you remember your final words as we were leaving that day? Don't buy anything stupid. And what did we do? They did. Because hmm? they are stupid. Thanks, ma'am. Appreciate that. I don't know how you put up with this. Stupidity. Uh, yeah. Yes. Great album by Dr. Feelgood yeah. If anyone's listening That's Mams Have I Got Tunes For You This episode <laughs> Do you want to recommend A song to us Or an album National Anthem Do you like that do you You'd be going mental at that Because then we could finish up Oh <laughs> <laughs> Get the dishwasher emptied <laughs> You're a big fan of Tie Yellow Ribbon Or the Luke Tree as well oh, You've yeah. been known to oh, man. Whack that out Indeed Growing up we used to love Playing cards And remember whenever We were playing Switch And if you ever put down a queen It's also called Switch It's called Old Maid was it Old Maid? Switch. Switch. Switch with an S. We had those queens oh, involved in that as well. But if ever we were playing a card game and mom happened to have a queen, she'd stick it down and then sing, She's the queen of the silver dollar. She rides the smoky kingdom. Her scepter <laughs> is a wine glass and the bar stool is her throne. And the jesters flock around her. Which one will take oh, she sings this lovely. the silver dollar home? <laughs> well, Available. <laughs> uh, my continuity uh, uh, editor has left. I don't have the cue cards, but I believe that is the uh, end of Have I Got Tunes for You? Well, we've reached that moment where it's now time to technically say goodbye to all of you, except those who are on the Patreon. Yes, Dad, you're totally correct. Um, we're going to say goodbye to the normal listeners here, but everyone, Why normal listeners? everyone who is part of the Patreon, stick around after the end credits and you're going to get your extra little segment. Uh, so th- that, that's it for now at the moment for everyone who's, like I said, everyone who hasn't opted to opt in uh, for uh, the Patreon. Uh, we're going to leave you here. Me and Dad and Mam are going to love you and leave you right now. Uh, and say goodnight and we're going we're gonna to close the door on episode 45 now have you had a nice time on the show Dad? fantastic we warned Mammy around to it Mammy was very reluctant to be involved but then at the last second said she'd drop in reneged did you enjoy being on man? great stuff <laughs> well, <it's laughs> said, with, said with absolute sincerity it's been a pleasure being on it's been a pleasure being home it's a pleasure having you home well don't need to get mushy okay uh, so the way we sign off is we say I've been Pete, and you said I've been Pete. Also, so this is another thing as well. So this episode has the delight of being named now because we had Peter Rugman on two episodes ago, and we got the I got the chance to call it Two Pete's in a podcast. I'm reluctant to let that ship sail without using it again. This episode is going to be titled Two Pete's in a Podcast: The Petequel. I thought it was the repeat or the repeat. I'm going to say the Petequel. Repeat. Yeah, but the way we sign off is we say I've been Pete, and, you say, I've and been I've Pete. Been Do you want to be Pete or Peter? Peter or Totsy, whatever you want to do. Right. Um. And then I said, we're reminding you to be rooting. You'd say, or be rooting. You'd say, be tooting. And I'd say, always be shooting. And then we said, but most importantly, and we both say, be kind. Or be kind. Yeah. So this has been episode 45 uh, of Higher Fidelity. This has been Two Pete's in a Podcast, The Pete Quill, repeatedly. Um, I've been Pete. Uh, and I've been uh, Peter, a.k.a. Totsy. And we're reminding you to be rooting. Be tooting. And always be shooting. And remember. Oh, brilliant fucking deadly we're reminding you to be rooting 
Be tooting. And always be shooting. Be kind. Oh my God. <laughs> but most importantly. Well, I'm supposed to say but most, most important. And then we both say be kind. Oh, right. Okay. Right. We're okay. reminding you to be rooting. Be tooting. And always be shooting. But most of all. Jeez. It's fucking ten two o'clock. hours. Sorry that you're having a nice time with your son. No, but you're used to this. This has been episode 45. I've been Pete. I've been Peter, a.k.a. Totsie. And we're reminding you to be rooting. Be tooting. And always be shooting. And most of all... Oh, my fuck. Man, will you just do it? Yeah. Right. Right, okay, you do it. Right. We're reminding you to be rooting. Be tooting. And always be shooting. And most importantly... Be be kind. kind. And get the fucking lines right as well. That's five goals, Dad. (laughs) 